0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns. So together, we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today's topic is about the wrist, W-R-I-S-T-S, just in case my southern accent throws you off. These are the, the bone between, or, or a group of bones, the wrist joint is between the hand and the forearm. And in yoga, but in other things as well, people tend to have a lot of complaints about the wrist. I think that I read some science scientific study uh, that was conducted about yoga injuries, and in the top five injuries, wrist were one of them, um, areas of complaints or even injuries from practicing yoga. Wrist can be tr- troublesome even if you don't practice r- yoga because you're using your hands a lot more probably today in a very repetitive way than we maybe did a hundred years ago. My mom, for instance, had carpal tunnel syndrome and then surgery. And I was just massaging her forearms last week and giving her some advice on ways to make her wrist joint and forearm feel better. So I'm often asked about the wrists because I emphasize weight-bearing in my yoga practice probably more than the average vinyasa class. I've I've found that this practice has resulted in fewer complaints, ironically, or not ironically, if you know anything about um, building strength and adding load to stuff. So it makes sense um, that there would be fewer complaints about wrist compression, pain, or discomfort instead of more. So this podcast is aimed to explain the rationale for my um, teaching And to give you some easy tips and exercises to do to create stronger and more adaptable wrist, because this could be a weekend seminar, I've helped myself be more succinct by organizing this talk around the what, where, how, and when. So first of all, what the wrist joint, when you look at its size, the wrist is surprisingly complicated um, based on its relatively size. It has multiple bones and soft tissues. Tendons, um, you might have heard of that. That's areas that, um, or tendons or connective tissue that connect bone to bone. Um, I'm sorry, bone to muscle. Ligaments, which connect bone to bone. And then there's muscles that enable the hands to be both flexible and strong. Uh, I remember talking to my dad, who's an orthopedic surgeon, and he was really geeky about the hands. He we talk about it being the most complex joint in the entire body. And he loved operating on the wrist and hand because the operations required so much more precision and finesse compared to the larger joints of the body. And he was the one that pointed first pointed out to me when I was in graduate school that there's really no such thing as a single wrist joint, quote unquote, since the wrist actually contains many joints that enable all the different movement patterns. So our wrists are what, give us our grasping power, our, how we really communicate and um, explore the world around us. So let's just talk about some of the anatomical structures without getting too anatomical for those of you who are less interested in that, but it's actually really cool. So there's many bones in and around the wrist. If you, there's two par- like if you look down at your arm, there's, the forearm is composed of two parallel bones. And these bones run from the elbow to the wrist. The larger bone, which is on your thumb side, is called the radius. And the smaller bone on your pinky side is called the ulna. And so where these um, bones come down from the elbow all the way to the wrist, they meet up. It almost reminds me of Rubik's Cubes when I look at them, the little carpal bones. These are little small round bones, and there's two rows of them, four in each row. And these really make up the wrist bones, the carpal bones. Where the forearm meets those is um, actually called the radiocar- the radiocarpal or the carpal joint. And so these, these are um, little bones that allow us a lot of manipulation and movement in the wrist. However, daily life, as we know, doesn't give us a lot of opportunity for a ton of movement with our wrist. So say you're going to work, you're sitting in your car. You're grabbing your steering wheel. Your wrist is in one position. You get out of your car, you pick up your bags or whatever, you go into work, and then you sit most likely with some kind of utensil, whether it's a writing utensil or an electronic utensil, where your wrist, again, are in one position. And the all those little bones are kind of held in one position. So imagine in, in these kind of like little bones, like Rubik's Cubes positions, there's tissues that run in, in and out of them, which includes ligaments like I said before, that's bone to bone, and um, soft tissue, fascia, and then the, the tendons of the muscles themselves. So it's an interesting thing about the hand and wrist. This is a little side note, is that if you look down at your hand, almost all of the muscles of your hand and wrist are actually in your forearm. And then the tendon, which connects muscle to bone, runs into the hand. So you have a lot of like tendon-like structures in the hand with um, most of the muscles. In the forearm, all of the muscles of the uh, the wrist are in the forearm, but some of the muscles of the hand are in the hand itself. So anyway, so we're we're setting ourselves up for this complex joint, even though it's relatively small. We're setting up for it to have imbalances just by the way our daily life is going, unless you are bartending and and holding a tray over your head, or or a waiter who's holding waitress who's holding. I guess you're called servers now. I've done this and I remember being called a waitress and a server. So anyway, you're serving food and you have that tray up. Then you have wrist extension. Otherwise, most of the day you're holding your hand in a bit of flexion and maybe just the fingers have some extension to them. But there's not a lot of of, of varied movement. Then say you come to yoga class your wrists have to be warmed up and they have to be more mobile and then ultimately more stable and strong to be able to then load your body weight on that because you haven't put any load on it most of the day for most people. So that's the what. All right. So the next part is the why. All right. So the benefits of working the wrist, of working the form are numerous. We perform so many tasks every day. And like I said, these repetitive motions can actually create a lot of imbalance, including both weakness and stiffness. So practicing some warm-up exercises, some weight-bearing exercises can help you prevent injury, whether you're on the yoga mat or just down the road in the future. And they can strengthen your wrist and keep your hands and fingers more flexible so that you've you feel more balanced and you won't be um, creating setting yourself up for possibly any tendonitis or nerve pain like my mom was having in her carpal tunnel. Um, That's a group of nerves going through that small area of the wrist. And when repetitive action is happening, there can get swelling and then there's no space for those nerves. um, And so they get compressed by the swelling. Another why is that if you want to have stronger shoulders, you need the kind of trunks of your shoulders, even though they're little trunks, slim trunks, relatively relative to the shoulder, you need them to be strong. You need them to be supple. So it's really imperative to devote some um, time to optimize your strength in your hands, in your wrist, and in your forearms. And when anybody ever asked me anything about the wrist, and I do get questions a lot, like, how do I get stronger in my wrist? My wrists bother me in yoga. When I do this pose in yoga, they bother me. My hands bother me. I always say you have to prepare the wrist and hands. And I'll, I'll give you some of this in, in the um, what to do, but to then bear weight on them. The, the why, the other part of the why is something fascinating. And that is we have these real measurable currents of energy in the body. And it's not woo-woo. Again, this is, you know, we are energetic substances within our body. It's measurable. They've measured it in all the organs. They didn't used to think of it. Of course, they measured it in the heart. There's a magnetic and electric uh, electric current there that actually extends outside of our physical body. But anyway, there's real things, and you should look it up. The piezoelectric effect, the current, things like Wolf's Law, these are principles of when you weight bear ground reaction force, when you're weight bearing, whether it's through your foot or through your hand or through your forearm, you are receiving the energy, it's returning back into the body. And with that, this effect is that there will be some amount of mechanical energy exchanged where you will get stronger. So whether the bone gets stronger or the soft tissue or both, you will get stronger through weight bearing. So this is important for getting more adaptable in your wrist you don't want weak wrist it's not going to serve you whether it's you down the road you want to pick up something and you pick it up and it hurts you or you want to grab hold and pull yourself up you need that strength in your wrist and forearm to grab hold and that's gonna that charge of energy is going to go all the way up into your shoulder girdle as well so just think of like this current coming from your wrist it's going to make your wrist and forearm stronger, but it's also going to go up and help out with the stability around your shoulder girdle. So you might need it if you're an athlete. If you do, like if you play golf or play tennis, you need that grip strength there. If you play, even like water skiing, for instance, you've got to hold the, you've got to hold the handle. Of course, bigger things like rock climbing and all that kind of mountaineering, you need a ton of forearm and wrist strength. So it is Important and even everyday activities can be enhanced with stronger wrists and forearms. So now let's get to the meat of it, so to speak. The how. I'm going to talk you through this again. This is a podcast, but a lot of this you can you can practice just by listening to me. So first of all, in in a seated position, just take your hands and rest them on your lap with your palms up, and then take your right hand and grab your left. Arm right below the elbow, and start to just what I call is a squeezing the toothpaste move. Just start squeezing the forearm from the elbow all the way down to the to the wrist, and then back again. And you'll this is to identify any areas of tightness, any areas of like where you can feel any knottiness or um, kind of sticky fascia, and just to feel any discomfort because cuz because the discomfort is usually the the tightness that's occurring in the fascia and then that will eventually have an effect on how you put weight in your wrist. So if your forearms are tight with those two bones I was talking about those two parallel bones if they aren't able to swivel on top of each other like they they kind of turn as you turn and I'll show you how to do that in a minute. You they need um if they can't turn as well then they also can't support your weight as well. So just doing this little toothpaste move up and down. So start off with maybe 30 seconds of just squeezing up and down, up and down, and just releasing and holding some of that. Um, the compressive forces will help release some of the fascia there. And then come all the way down to your wrist. So that wrist crease is really easy to see. And right above the wrist crease, grab your, um, the two sides of the bones there. And move the wrist just a little bit and see if you can move it and stabilize those two bones. They're going to move a little bit, but you'll feel the wrist circle it. It doesn't do a full circle, but that's just moving there. And then come kind of back up a little bit more into the meat of the forearm and Hug in like you're doing that toothpaste move and then move the forearm. I'm doing it with you. That's why I hit the table. So move the forearm so the palm will be up, but it'll be down. And you can feel how the bones, those two bones, the radius and ulna have to spin. And as you're doing the toothpaste move, so you're kind of squeezing and you're rolling at the same time. And this is a great way to free up some of this forearm fascia. So you want to do that on the left side and the right side. Now let's move down into the wrist. So first warm up your fingers. So we're going kind of on either side of the wrist. If you're noticing, we're doing the form, a little bit of a warm up there, a little massage, like kind of massage action with the toothpaste move. And then we'll go below the wrist down into the hand. So taking your hand, make a fist and then open up that hand as wide as you can, spreading your fingers, spreading the fascia that covers the hand and then make a fist and open it and do that And do it for a good minute. And you can do both hands at the same time to be really efficient. When you're doing wrist stuff, um, eventually, just like anything else, you don't have to do this full 10 minutes or something. But these are some ideas of what you can do. So you want to open and close maybe for another minute. Open and close, making a fist and opening. And notice, do your fingers get fatigued easily? We want our fingers to be strong too. They could be, I mean, think about the rock climbers who hold themselves up with their fingers and and their forearm strength. It's pretty incredible. And after you do that, opening and closing for about a minute, you're going to hold your hands open, bend your elbows and turn your palms up like you're holding a tray. So your elbows are bent. You'll take your right hand and grab your left fingers and the thumb will be a little bit out to the side. So it's a little bit of there by itself, but you'll grab the fingers and then just pull them down toward the floor. And you'll feel a deeper stretch across the wrist and into the forearm. And you want to hold this and you can hold it for say five, 10 breaths. Do it gently, especially if you're, if you found that you have a lot of that tight fascia in the forearm, but you need to start doing this every day, especially before weight bearing. And then you'll do the other side and you do the elbow bent And then the other way is to do it with the elbow straight because there are wrist muscles that cross over the wrist joint, but also the elbow. So there's two different ones. One is longer. And for that one, you want to have the elbow straight. And for the shorter one, you want to have the elbow bent. Okay, so you've done that. That's stretching out your wrist. And then the next thing we want to do is get on your hands. So take your hands and bring them directly under your shoulders. And you can be on your um, kneeling, so your knees are on the ground, but bring your hands directly on, under your shoulders. Spread the fingers and then look down and notice the wrist creases. A lot of people will give signals about face the second finger forward or the third finger. Don't worry about the fingers. Worry about the crease of the wrist. You want that to be level, meaning it's parallel to a, an imaginary map. And then start to shift your weight a little bit forward so the shoulders move beyond the wrist and then come back to where the shoulders are over the wrist. Now, if that feels too much at first, then just keep the shoulders over the wrist. The other thing you're going to be doing, as you know me well, more core. So all of the torso, um, the muscles around the core, the spine and the rib cage are holding that container strong so that you can help the energy from the floor actually come up. So it's not just going directed down and that gives more compression into the wrist, but we're actually pulling it back up as well by engaging the core. From there, you can possibly turn your fingers so they face backwards toward your knees. And as the fingers face back, keep your elbows intentionally bent and then try and bring the heel of the hand on the floor with the knees still on the floor and see how that stretch feels. Now, let's just take this, say you're at a desk. You could do almost all of these at the desk. You certainly could do the toothpaste move up and down the forearms. You can do the wrist circles. You can stretch out the wrists like you're holding a tray with the elbow bent and the elbow straight, but then you can actually put your hands on the sides of your chairs if you have an armchair and Lean forward with the shoulders. So you're getting that 90 degree or more than 90 degree angle for your wrist extension. And then hold that and see how it feels. Use your abdominals even here, even in the sitting position. And that's a great way of getting some weight bearing through the hands throughout the day. So say you can't get on all fours in your office or you're surrounded by people and that would look funny. That's just a nice way of getting some weight bearing. And then try lifting your butt off of the chair. So you're getting. Your glutes, you're freeing them from being numbed out, working the glutes, and then pushing into the hands to lift up in like a little table type position. And you're getting weight bearing through your wrist. So that's the win. When do you do this? Well, you need to do this pretty much daily, especially if you are someone who you've kind of known you've either had a strain or a sprain or or just feeling of not great compressive forces into the wrist, especially with weight-bearing. You really need to do this and and know that even though it seems like you shouldn't put weight through the hands, you really, really need to get weight-bearing in the hands and in the wrist. Obviously, there are certain um, diagnoses or diseases that this would be not as beneficial for, but for the general population, even when you have some aches and pains in your wrist, like arthritis, for instance, putting weight there is actually going to strengthen the bone. Arthritis occurs when there is, um, it's, they're called degenerative, degenerative changes. So there's changes in where all these bones kind of line up to each other. And bone, the whole idea, I didn't even go over this, but the a joint, for those of you who have no idea when I say wrist joint. Um, joint is where a bone and a bone come together and it implies movement is happening. But bone does not actually hit bone. There's space in between. There's things like cartilage in between. Um, that for a lot of these joints, there's what's called synovial fluid, which is this wonderful fluid that kind of is our own little um, oil lubricant, like for a car. And then there's um, fascia in between. So there's there's space in between and we we, we want to maintain that space. And one way to do it is through pop, proper mechanics. Arthritis happens when mechanics have not been so great for a very long time over and over again. And then there's wear and tear and you're kind of rubbing, in, rubbing those structures that lie between the bones. You're rubbing them down so that eventually the bone does come onto the bone. And that's why it's called arthritis because it really feels like ugh, bone is on bone. Even with that, you need to still put some weight bearing through it because that will develop strength in the musculature around it. You just want to make sure your alignment is proper. So let's just leave this final wrist anatomy note, um, wrist anatomy episode with a few notes. Your wrists are able to support your weight as long as you're using strong core activation and as long as you prepare them. So if you have not been working on your wrist ever, then you need to ramp up accordingly. So injury happens from either overuse or underuse. So if you have underused something and then put too much demand on it and, and it can't meet the demand, the musculoskeletal system can't meet the demand, then that's when a strain or a sprain will occur. So you want to ramp up accordingly. So always start with those wrist stretches and mobility of the forearm and then start weight bearing. Like I said, at my studio, I feel like it's a, 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 just a moving laboratory because we spend at least half of our time on our hands, much more than a typical yoga class. And I honestly can't remember the last time someone has reported anything about their wrist bothering them. Sometimes I do hear that from new people who have not experienced this type of yoga before. But once they start learning how to put weight on their hands and how to use their hands for a variety of movement patterns when they're on the floor, like down dog walking or bear crawling or things like that, um, they develop a lot more strength in the wrist, in the forearms, and even up into the shoulder girdle. Some other things you can do for your wrist, I should add, is just general things like hang from a tree or hang from a pull-up bar, work the wrist in a isometric way where you're just holding your body weight up. That puts a lot of load on it as well. And I mean load in a good way. So there's good, it's just like I talked about in other episodes, there's really good stress that helps you get things done or really good stress that helps you get stronger in your body. And you need to apply that to get stronger and to get um, that kind of, Uh, I guess, adaptability to putting more weight or holding your own weight up if you're hanging. So apply this as needed. And as always, I'd love to hear your questions. I get a lot of questions about the wrist. So I particularly love to hear from the people who have written me about wrist um, questions. If it's just a matter of your wrist getting tired, you need to do this stuff more and use your core, of course. So as always, please share this with friends. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review, and then take a screenshot of your review and send it to podcast at movementbylara.com so that we can send you a free class with plenty of core and plenty of work on your hands. So have a wonderful day. Stay strong, stay balanced, stay adaptable. In every part, your spirit in these seemingly little joints that really are sophisticated and complex. It's kind of like a life lesson. Don't underestimate the little guy, including yourself. You're strong and I'm supporting you, sending you lots of love. Bye.